With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the future, where the glass is half full and you'll need new glasses, where you'll be jumping from conclusions. The past is enough, and a new future is born. Never before in history has so much meant so little to so many. AD on the radio. So what's the old expression? Politics makes strange bedfellows. Is, is that the, the saying? Is that how that goes? I found myself uh, thinking politics really do, does for, make for strange bedfellows today when I was reading a headline or two and agreeing fervently with a couple of people that I, I, I just find to be, for the most part, ridiculous. Um, here's the thing. You might have noticed if you've listened to the show for any length of time that my political beliefs can be a scotch difficult to pin down. There are not necessarily parties that I subscribe to. You might be of the opinion that I'm a conservative. I know a lot of people who, I know a lot of conservatives who think, oh yeah, you're you're a core, core value conservative, right? Sure, if that makes you happy, think that. I know a lot of lefties who go, really, you're, you're really a Democrat. And you know what? Who knows what any of these labels mean in 2018? I don't think there's ever been a time in our history where this is more confused and quite frankly, this is more meaningless. I've never been a big believer in the two-party system. I believe that Republican and Democrat, it's kind of like Coke and Pepsi. Ultimately, it's brown sugary fizzy water that tastes like battery acid and makes you fat, whether it's one or the other. And that, to me, is what politicians are. They are not to be trusted. They are absconding with our money. And they are, for the most part, people that thought maybe they could get into being a public servant, but somehow along the way forgot that that meant serving the public and realized there was good money and a lack of accountability in politics. That would, I guess, be my uh, core belief when it came to looking at the left and the right. But it's interesting because people like to sort of identify with me. And I, I don't know. You can put me in whatever the hell bucket you want to. But I would say probably if I had to think about it, that a lot of my core beliefs are somewhat conservative, I think, or at least very, very independent. A lot of conservatives will claim that libertarians will claim that believe in pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. I believe in making your own way in this world. I believe in not asking for handouts. I believe in the free market and I believe in the ability of cream to rise if cream wants to work hard enough to do that rising. Does that sound conservative to you, Travis? I think it's very conservative. I'm I'm pretty much the same way. I uh, I definitely don't identify as a Republican by any means, but I would say my core values are are pretty much the same. I'm uh, I'm a pretty conservative person. I, I if I were forced at gunpoint to identify with a party, I would probably identify closely with libertarian just because I 
strongly believe that the government should just pretty much leave people alone and let them do for the most part, as long as they're not hurting anyone, you know, what they need uh-huh. to do. But yeah, I'm the same way. But I'm at the same time, I'm I'm not afraid to uh, to look at things that a lot of liberals identify with and and stand behind those things, too, when they make sense. I don't care what party it identifies with. If it makes sense, if I can justify it and it makes sense, I'm behind it. Yeah, and if it seems like, I think importantly, more importantly than perhaps anything else, if it seems like the right thing, that's exactly. what I'm going to do, regardless of which party claims it. And I'm sure, as I'm listing off these values that a lot of people go, oh, you're a conservative, there's probably a lot of Democrats going like, hey, hard work, uh, making your way in this world, that's that's an inherently lefty thing to do. I don't know. I really don't know. And more to the point, I guess I, I really sort of don't care. Whatever my values and beliefs are, whether they're conservative or they're left-leaning, I can tell you what one of my biggest core values is and one of my biggest core beliefs is, and that is not judging other people for theirs. I don't know. I'm no better. I'm no smarter. You're a person. I'm a person. Who's to say that I'm that much more informed? I could disagree with you, but I I, I don't really have a problem with people believing what they want to believe. And, you know, unless they're hurting someone or unless they're making somebody else feel small or suffer or something of that nature, who am I to judge? Answer, nobody. I just believe in doing the right thing whenever possible. You know what the uh, first definition I ever heard of a libertarian was? No, no, no. I'm actually interested. Drew Carey. Drew Carey was on some talk show. And, uh, and they're like, what are you politically? Are you, do you lean left or do you lean right? He was like, I'm a libertarian. And I don't think anyone had heard the expression at the time. And people were like, what's a libertarian? He's like, "Duh, it's pretty much a Republican that still gets high. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> Anyways, um, <clears throat> don't get high. So I don't know if that precludes me from being a libertarian, but I can tell you, I was interested to find myself nodding up and down and going, indeed, indeed, in agreement with a couple of folks that I never once thought in my life I would agree with. Like I said, politics makes strange bedfellows. And I found that out for real over the last couple of days. Who are we talking about? Who did I find myself agreeing with that I never imagined there was a snowball's chance in hell of agreeing with? We, you and I, will get into that next. Don't you agree that would be a good idea? Yes, I think we can all agree on that. Where the left and right come together for fundamental truths. AD on the radio, on Twitter at ADSXE. You know, some people hear this show, like I was saying before, some people hear this show and they find my beliefs to be quite conservative. Some people hear this show and they believe that I'm very liberal. But I'll tell you what my main belief is, and that is I don't believe in judging others for their beliefs. Does that make sense? I think it's pretty simple. We're all entitled, you know, and we're all capable of getting along and accepting the fact that differences are what make us interesting. Too much agreement kills a conversation. You walk into a room full of people that agree with you, and boy, that's a dull party. <laughs> Fine. You want to evangelize to acquire, great, but that's not where the interesting stuff happens. The interesting stuff happens when you get to know people that believe something a little bit different than you. 
That said, as much as I enjoy the difference, I was shocked to find myself with a similarity to a couple of people who are not in any way, shape, or form really political figures expressing something that was inherently political over the last couple of days. Who are we talking about? I found myself going, they're so right. They're so right. When reading the uh, tweets of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Uh, what I hear you say, but what about every single time that Kim Kardashian has made the large booty celebrity human garbage that takes everything and gives back nothing who therefore probably deserves to die news. Right. Yes. <laughs> Stay with me on this one. Do you follow what's been happening with this Travis? Did you see what fill us in? I did see it. I did see it. And I'll tell you, I thought to myself, you know, I try so hard not to like this guy. And, um, <laughs> and I think I was starting to like him. Like it really made me kind of stick to my stomach. Cause I'm like, why is he saying something that I agree with? Well, yeah. I mean, by the way, I, I find Kanye West to be straight up without even a hint of a question. A, a genius musically. Like I love his music, whether it's his production, whether it's his record. The, the, here's the thing. I found him to be so distracting as a human being where I just, I, I hear his records. I'm like, Oh, that's that annoying guy. I can't get into it. But like his, his musical work is just unfreaking conscionably great. I mean, people, everyone's lost track of the number of Grammy awards that guy's won. And um, with good reason, he's won a bunch and they're, they're very well deserved. But see, He's been all about President Trump over the last week or so. He's been on Twitter. He's been talking about a whole bunch of different things. And Kanye West has had, I don't know if, I I don't want to speak out of school here because I don't know exactly what he went through. And I don't know if anyone really knows exactly what he went through except for him and his family and maybe the people he works with. But a lot of people speculated that he was having some sort of mental distress over the last year or so, like a, a bit of a breakdown, or or maybe he was bipolar or something. There was all sorts of speculation. And like I said, it's not really ours to speculate. But the moment he uh, started talking about how he thought Trump was right about some stuff, everyone went, you're mentally ill. <laughs> Isn't that what happened, Travis? Yeah. I mean, and it's so ridiculous because, you know... <laughs> I agree with you, and I agree with him in the sense that why in the world should he not be able to have his opinion on this? Why in the world would somebody say something not only hateful, but so incredibly offensive that they would start questioning his mental health about it? I mean, that's you want to talk about just outright offensive. That's just wow. Yeah, if we don't agree with you, uh, therefore, if we don't agree with you, you must be. It must be time for a trip for the loony bin to you if you're saying these things. And he said something that, you know, I didn't follow the back and forth. I, I, I got stuff to do with my life, but I did catch one thing that he said online. And he said, you don't have to agree with Trump, but the mob can't make me not love him. I love everyone. I don't agree with everything anyone does. That's what makes us individuals. And we have the right to independent thought. If your friend jumps off the bridge... You don't have to do the same. For people in my life, the idea of Trump is pretty much 50-50 split. And I, but, I, but I don't tell a Hillary supporter not to support Hillary. I love Hillary too. I was like, oh, so simple, so nice, so so easy going. That w- Why? Oh my gosh, I can't believe we're saying this. Oh, is that Beelzebub ice skating to work today? Because I believe hell is frozen over. Why can't we all be a little bit more like Kanye West? <laughs> right. It's scary when you actually start thinking stuff like that, isn't it? Well, you know, it's, yeah, no, it, it's the thing. 
that you know made me i guess that's the thing that made me sad and by the way this is <laughs> the left does not have the exclusive on calling people crazy if they say something they don't agree with uh, people on both sides of the political fence do this and this is where i think it gets it gets so silly because people get so bent out of shape people get so so determined and loyal to their political party of choice when like i said it's pepsi and coke it's it's brown sugary water that's really bad for you that tastes slightly different but ultimately it's the same thing. Does that make sense? I, I think it does. This is what all politicians are. Here's the thing. The tweets happened. The tweets happened um, around a time where Kanye West had fired his manager, this guy Scooter Braun, who manages Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande and a whole bunch of other huge folks. And people went, oh, yeah, no, there's Kanye. He's going off the rails. He's supporting Trump and he is you know, firing his management. He must be insane because he believes things differently than what he's told to believe by the people around him in the entertainment industry. His fans believe all of the above. And then then I really had to check myself because there was a moment of unbelievable truth and clarity that came from Kim Kardashian's wife, I was, came from Kanye West's wife, Kim Kardashian. I was floored by the fact that I read this and I agreed with every last word that Kim Kardashian said. And again, I found myself thinking, why can't more people think like this? stimulation and less irritation nine out of ten doctors choose kprc am 950 houston's more stimulating talk radio don't get the blues get all the news we mean all the news guys out there in radio land he's back ad on the radio did you see this story about the truck drivers that stopped the guy from committing suicide I saw a picture of it. I didn't see any of the details on it, though, but I saw the picture, and my God, the picture was amazing. Yeah, it's if, if you're not familiar with it, it's really something that'll give you a bit of your faith in human nature back, and we'll get into the details of exactly what happened a little later on in the show. Right now, though, the unbelievable has happened. Like I said earlier, Beelzebub himself must have been sharpening up his skates this morning to get to work because... Hell has indeed frozen over. I found myself vigorously agreeing with the political ideas and thoughts put forward by Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. In case you missed it, Kanye West had been, I guess, channeling a little bit of Trump on Twitter and people immediately went, oh, um, uh oh, time to get him committed. We don't agree with what he's saying. He, he supports Trump. He thinks Trump's okay. Uh, he must be insane. He's had a little bit of mental problems in the past. Therefore, if he's saying that Trump is his friend. Um, he's got to be out of his freaking mind. And he said, he said something which I thought was quite erudite. He said, you don't have to agree with Trump, but the mob cannot, the mob can't make me not love him. He's my brother. I love everyone. I don't agree with everything anyone does. That's what makes us individuals. We have the right to independent thought. 
For people in my life, the idea of Trump is pretty much a 50-50 split, like the vast majority of America. I mean, that was a close election. It was a 50-50 election for the most part. One half of America thought he was great. The other half of America couldn't stand the idea. So, you know, Kanye West's reality of half the people he knows supporting Donald Trump and the other half being violently opposed to him is pretty much all of our reality, I think. He said, but I don't tell a Hillary supporter not to support Hillary. I love Hillary, too. And people went, you're insane. Quick, lock him up. Lock him up. You're a danger to yourself and others. And all of the above. People pretty freaking vicious with him online. And look, when you're someone that's Kanye and you say and do things that are, you know, ridiculous and provokey the way Kanye has in the past, you open yourself up to that sort of thing. But I really kind of was a little disgusted by people going after him for believing something. And then, like I said, the un- unthinkable happened. Kim Kardashian chimed in. I was like, I, whoa, I, I, uh, hmm. I kind of agree with every last word of this. Do you see what she said, Travis? You want me to want me to read it back to you, or do you got do you have it there? Uh, I saw some of the things that she said, and you know, it's funny because I can sort of accept the concept that I disgustingly agree with Kanye. <laughs> the fact that I might agree with Kim Kardashian really does make you check yourself before you riggedy wreck yourself. <laughs> Oh my God, I can't, I can't accept that. And I know it's true though, uh-huh. but no, tell me, tell me the ones you're talking about. Cause I, I know you're right. Well, she said to the media trying to demonize my husband, let me say this, your commentary on Kanye being erratic and his tweets being disturbing is actually scary. You're so quick to label him as having mental health issues for just being himself when he has always been expressive. It's not fair. Yesterday, it was announced that Kanye had parted ways with some business people and media outlets made this about Kanye's mental health rather than just a simple business decision. He's a free thinker. Is that not allowed in America? Because some of his ideas differ from yours. You have to throw in the mental health card. She said, that's just not fair. He he's actually out of the sunken place when he's being himself, which is very expressive. So when he spoke about Trump, most people, including myself, have very different feelings and opinions about this. But this is his opinion. I believe in people being able to have their own opinions, even if really different from mine. He never said he uh, he never said he agrees with his politics. Kanye will never run in the race of popular opinion. And we want uh, and we know that. And that's why I love him and I respect him. And in a few years when somebody else says the same exact thing, but they aren't labeled the way he is you, and you will, you will all praise them. By the way, I agree with what she said. The reason I'm reading a little funny is because it's grammatically not, uh, not exactly super on point. So just bear with me on this one. But she said, Kanye is years ahead of his time. Mental health is no joke. And the media needs to stop spitting that out so casually. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I, 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 wow. Look at that. Look at that. A husband and wife disagreeing, yet remaining married, remaining in love, remaining parents to their children, remaining able to talk to one another and being able to understand, and recognize and embrace the differences. Like I said. Too much agreement kills a conversation. It's boring living in an echo chamber of people that agree with you and only you. And people on the left and people on the right want to do that all the time. People just want to get into a room full of other folks that go, you're so right. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you about the other way that you're right. I'm so glad that we're together because we can talk about how we're right and everybody else is wrong. Boring, unrealistic, not what's going to get us anywhere in life. But engaging with other folks that think differently than you. 
so important, such a vital part of life, and we're doing it less and less and less. We're too eager to be among our own kind. We're too eager to spend time only with those that think the same as each other. We all have the same things we want. I've talked about this on the show over and over again. What do you want? What does everybody in America want? On the left, on the right. For the most part, we want pretty simple things, pretty universal things. We want a roof over our heads. We want to have a job. We want that job to hopefully be fulfilling. If we have kids, we want those kids to have a shot. We want those kids to have a shot at a life of their own and an education and all of the above. And we just have some different ideas about the best way to get there. So bear in mind, we're all trying to get to the same place. And perhaps, perhaps if we stop and we talk to one another, we can oh, maybe even learn something from each other and get there faster. So there, there it is. Found myself agreeing with Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. It probably ends there, but nevertheless, there, there you go. Politics, like I said, like I said, when we started the show, politics can make for some strange bedfellows. I, I feel like hell has frozen over the fact that we're looking to Kim Kardashian for how normal humans should treat each other and accept each other and allow, <laughs> allow each other to have opinions. And, and <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? Yeah, you're just being yourself. And you know what's interesting? Uh, hmm, maybe maybe we'll bring this up now. Well, it was really inspiring stuff. Because when the chips come down, you have these moments of clarity where you realize all these, all all this posturing, all this, all this snarky know-it-allism that everybody seems so excited to participate in now in 2018. It's all meaningless, and you realize this when the chips are down. Travis is in Houston. I spent a good portion of my life in Houston. When those floods happened in Houston a little while ago, when when your street looked like the ocean, like I remember seeing that picture of I-10, you, you remember that picture of I-10, Travis, the one where it looked like it, it's, it's a highway that runs across America, yet it looked like the freaking ocean. It looked like you were standing on a dock looking out into the vast murky expanse of the Atlantic. And it was just insane. And everybody was pulling for each other and everybody was helping each other and everybody was doing everything they could for the people around them. And at no point did they go, hold it. Are you a Democrat? If so, you can't get in this boat. Hold on a moment. Are you a Republican? Because I'm not sure if I care for your guy. Therefore, I'm not going to save your life. No, it's all meaningless stuff. And I guess this is one of the reasons why I was so, so excited. Well, not excited, but so interested in this story of the truck drivers saving the guy who was trying to kill himself by jumping off a bridge. It's fascinating stuff. We'll, we'll get into it a little later on in the show. And it's a reminder of where our priorities ultimately lie. When it comes down to it, you will do for this person that you violently disagree with because we're all in it together. And it shouldn't take, it shouldn't take a near death experience or a tragedy for you to remember that because you will. Every single time you will do for your fellow man and your fellow American. doesn't matter. You'll be able to put all this petty squabbling aside if it becomes a tragic, life-threatening, or near-death situation. So why not just default to that anyway as you're walking down the street enjoying your day and be cool with people, even though you don't necessarily agree with them. Before we get into that, Travis, shall we discuss what's going on in the news? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, A machine... That was designed by a Dutch teenager to clean up plastic in the ocean is due to set sail. Hmm. You, you're a seafaring individual. You're, uh, your, jo- your job description is able seaman. You work on a tugboat. Do you know anything about this? I actually do. It's, uh, it's a really interesting little system. I don't know, like, 
all the details, but it's basically made of these 40-foot pipes that are filled with air so that they float like on the surface of the water, and they'll form an arc to catch the plastic. And the plan is that they're going to have like 60 of these giant scoops out there, each stretching a mile from one end to another, and they'll gather up the trash, and then they say that boats will go out and they'll collect the debris every six to eight weeks. And they're, they may be a little ambitious about it, but they say that these machines should be able to collect about half the trash in the uh, Great Pacific Garbage Patch, hopefully within five years. Is it actually going to work? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, though. When you are, you know, when you're sailing, when you're doing what you do, being a... Uh being the mariner that you are do you do you run across a whole lot of plastic in the water do you like do you you see it up close and personal every single day do you go oh man people need to stop littering and polluting or what what's it actually look like to you someone's on the water on a regular basis you know honestly i do see a lot of trash in the water but like right now i'm working on harbor tugs so like right now i work in the houston ship channel and uh like houston galveston that area so um, you see it enough, uh, enough stuff in the water. It's really, really bad after like a heavy rain. If there's like flooding or heavy rains, uh, a lot of stuff gets washed out of the bayous and it goes into the rivers and into the ship channel and everything. And it's a big concern on boats and stuff, boats and ships, because you take, uh, you take trash through the wheel, you take, uh, logs and huge tree limbs and stuff like that. And it'll destroy the, uh, the propeller. So that's a huge concern. Um, It'll be interesting soon when I when I ship deep sea to see what it looks like in the ocean. I'm I'm hoping and praying that I don't just see tons of trash out there because you know it's kind of one of those dreams that you you want to see beautiful sparkling blue water and <laughs> and you know walk out and, and look out and it just looks like you're in paradise and not nobody within miles. But I don't know. Um, It'll be interesting to see what it looks like. I guess on the positive side, no matter how it looks, at least they're moving in the right direction and uh, and they're trying to get it cleaned up. I guess it's a step in the right direction. Well, yeah, there you go. Dutch teenager designed a machine to clean up plastic in the ocean. This is due to set sail. Meanwhile, when I was a teenager, I was trying to figure out how many pennies I could fit up my nose and see if I could maybe poop out a dime afterwards. <laughs> The answer was no, as it turns out. It's impressive. I I wish I'd done something with my life when I was a teenager. What else? Planetary physicists have announced that they've made a significant discovery about Uranus this week. They made significant discoveries about Uranus this week? That's correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, actually, I saw something about this. Did you hear about the big Uranus news in the world of space exploration and astronomy? This uh, planetary physicist, a guy called Patrick Irwin of the University of Oxford in the UK... Um, led a research team and used this 8-meter telescope near-infrared integral field spectrometer thing to perform the most detailed spectroscopic analysis of Uranus to date. And they made a huge discovery about Uranus this week. Why has Uranus got everyone in the scientific community talking? What new aspect of Uranus have they discovered? Well, what researchers have discovered about Uranus is that Uranus smells terrible. Yes, scientists have discovered that Uranus smells terrible. Astronomers have finally figured out what the clouds around Uranus consist of. And as it turns 
turns out they smell awful. For the first time, there's been a clear detection of hydrogen sulfide around Uranus, which means Uranus is surrounded by a cloud of gas. Uranus is surrounded by the same gas that gives rotten eggs and flatulence their unpleasant smell. Yep. In science news, astronomers have discovered that Uranus smells. Wow. For more on this story, <laughs> consult your nearest giggling fourth grader. It's almost too easy. It's almost too easy. <laughs> Sometimes the jokes. Were, all I did was read an article. It's almost <laughs> like it. It's almost like it wrote itself for you. <sighs> Amazing. A couple in Tulsa smoked weed laced with PCP, then got naked, put a pit bull on their shoulders, and ran amok through a Macy's. Which sounds. Insane, but then again, you try finding something more interesting to do in Oklahoma. You you go to Oklahoma pretty often, right, Travis? Not as much as I used to. Uh, I did uh-huh. <laughs> when I was an air traffic controller. I spent uh, a decent amount of time in Oklahoma, but uh, it's it's been a while. After having spent a decent amount of time in uh, Oklahoma, can you understand why a couple out of boredom would uh, smoke a bunch of pot lace with PCP and run naked through a Macy's with a pit bull on their shoulders? Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, m- more, uh, it seems more normal than you would ever think, doesn't it? Does now. Sometimes you just know you're done. You're longing for that shining sun. You walk these streets most every day. You're waiting to get washed away. House Hunters, Travis, is that a thing? One of your favorite shows? Not one of my favorite shows. I uh, I do like HGTV. I don't watch it often, but like if if I was forced to watch something, it'd probably be HGTV, and it's not the worst show ever. Well, I like pretty much any real estate show. You know the ones that I really love? I love like the beachfront bargain hunts or move to a different country. Like all my favorite real estate shows involve escapism and getting the hell out of Dodge. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You ever watched a real estate show where people are looking to buy a house in the town that you live in? You ever, you ever seen that happen? No. Actually, I'm trying to think. Um, not that I live in. I, I have seen some House Hunters International. Um, they were trying to buy houses in the Virgin Islands, and I lived in the Virgin Islands for a year and a half. So, yeah. Oh, man. That's exactly the the type of escapism I want to deal with with those shows. Like Saint, uh, is it Saint Croix? I lived on Saint Thomas. Saint Croix is the yeah. uh, the most southern of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Saint Croix seems like where all the bargains are to me. Like I've watched that, and I've been like, and also it's an American Virgin Island, so it's uh, you get everything. You don't have to worry about any kind of like international home buying issues. And I, like I just I watched it, and I was like, I want to move to Saint Croix, and then it was devastated by the hurricane. I was like, maybe not so much, but like for a while because of this TV show, I was determined to move to Saint Croix. But I find myself getting super unbelievably irritated with couples when they're shopping for houses and neighborhoods that we're familiar with. I'm like, what are you thinking? You can't get that there. You're so, it's ridiculous. Oh, sure. 
bang on the cupboards again to make sure that they're, you know, solid hardwood as opposed to cheap. Cause you know, that's really a thing. Like, mm, I'm not so sure about this carpet. Well, take it up. The house only costs a dollar. You lazy. Like I just get really angry when I'm watching TV shows about people buying in neighborhoods that we're familiar with. Cause you're just like, you're so, so wrong. And I was reminded, I was reminded yesterday when we were getting into the work of John Mulaney a little bit, how he summed it up perfectly. I like having a house, but I loved looking for a house because I love real estate agents. I mean, they are the true heroes. They really are. Have you ever watched HGTV? Real estate agents have to deal with the dumbest people in the world making the biggest decisions of their lives. Every episode of HGTV is like, Craig and Stasia are looking for a two-story A-frame that's near Craig's job in the downtown, but also satisfies Stasia's need to be near the beach, which is nowhere near Craig's job. <laughs> With three children and nine on the way, and a max budget of $7, let's see what Lori Joe can do on this week's episode of You Don't Deserve a Beach House. <laughs> so 100% true oh my god see that's the thing that like that's why I don't watch TV because like as much as I really do love real estate and love watching people like look for real estate bargains or you know look for houses and stuff it's the stuff about like learning about the people that I'm just not into like <laughs> like that exact example like I don't want to watch a couple bicker about a house that they're looking at, you know? Like, that's the part that annoys the crap out of me. What's that couple in Waco, Chip and Joanna oh, Gaines? Yeah, that the like fixer-uppers or whatever. Or whatever the hell they are. I, I thought it was kind of interesting because they actually had, I think it was the guitar player from MXPX. Like, we've been living in, you know, California for years, but my wife has family out here, so we thought it was time to move back. And I was like, oh my gosh. That's actually like a guy in a band I grew up listening to buying a house on one of these shows. I wonder how much how much money does the guy from MXPX have to spend on a house? And I think it was like $150,000. I was like, hmm, punk rock did not pay as well as I thought as it would for him. Not that a $150,000 house is anything to sneeze at, but you know, sort of like you see videos for bands like these sometimes as like lifestyles are rich and famous. And you're just like, oh, did, did, the, did the 90s money hold out? And in this case, no, no. no. But I got to tell you, Chip and Joanna did a bang up job on his on his place like they flipped it into something really really incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised. They're very talented. Um that's another show like I, I went and spent some time with like my great aunt or something but I, I don't remember how I was related. I think you don't was, know who she is, my great aunt or something. Her name was Joanne, okay? <laughs> her name was Joanne. And she was a, she was a sweet lady, but like I think she's like my great aunt or something and like she was like older and stuff and she was like oh do you want to watch this show you know and she put it on that fixer ever show that that chip and joanne show or whatever and i was like oh god let me and it was cool and they're very talented you know in what they do but i'm like oh their their uh personalities just drove me insane See, like, it, it's weird. That show's weird because i they used to annoy the living you-know-what out of me and then I would see what they did because like I flipped a couple of houses like before I was making any money in radio. That's sort of like the only way I managed to eat. And I, I was extraordinarily fortunate in that I lucked into a situation where I'd been saving for a home and then the market crashed. So I was like, "Ooh, all these houses are for sale for a dollar. And I actually I actually have been saving for this for years. 
go me. And so I was able to like buy a couple places and flip them in Houston where houses did really cost a dollar, you know, like really nothing at the time. So I, I got extraordinarily lucky. And because of that, I've always kind of like, there's a certain amount of creative satisfaction that you get out of like going, I'm tearing this down to the studs and making it something that I like. And I think other people are going to like, it's kind of cool, but I found Chip and Johanna to be so mind numbingly annoying, but I would see the houses they would do and be like, damn, that's okay. That, wow. That's kind of cool and different and original. There's probably people that know something about architecture and know something about design and all this sort of stuff that are screaming at the radios right now going, you don't know anything. They're terrible. But I liked it. And I kept watching it for like the after picture. Like there's the before there's the after. And somewhere along the way, I went from thinking they were the most annoying, insipid people on the face of the planet ever to like actually really like them and going liking them and going like, Oh, I understand why people like this show. They kind of, they suckered me in. I changed my opinion on them. Yeah. I was open-minded and I changed my view on what was in front of me. I know I was, I tried so hard. Like I had to really bite my tongue because she loved him so much that I didn't want to like say anything bad about him. So she was like, Oh, aren't they just adorable? And I'm like, Oh yes, they're, they're incredible. Aren't they sort of like a metaphor for the message of the whole show. I managed to bite my tongue, look a little closer and realize that I was missing some important things that, well, I very much related to. And just like that, we sum up (laughs) exactly how we feel the entirety of the world should go through life. Stop, wait, give it a second chance. You might like it. Leave the stimulation to the professionals. Everyone is so smart. KBRC, more stimulating talk radio. Something happening here, and you should know what it is. <laughs> the dumbing up of America. Now, more AD on the radio. You know, I want to talk about these truckers, the ones that stopped the guy from committing suicide. It's one of those moments. It's one of those moments where you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier in the show today, and what we talk about on the show a lot. You know that they did not check to see how this potential jumper voted before they decided whether or not they were going to contribute to saving this person's life. It's what we do. And I think if we could just remember that when the chips are down, we will do for each other regardless of all this sort of stuff, regardless of race, of color, of political affiliation. And just go through life like that. Realize that when the chips are down, we're going to we're going to do what needs to be done to support our fellow man. Life would be easier. We should all live like the chips are down all the time. Yeah, that makes sense, right? That, that, that's a that's a reasonable credo to expect, expect folks to live by, right, Travis? It seems reasonable enough. Uh, you would you would think it's reasonable enough. We forget, and it takes near death and tragedy and disaster to remind us. We forget, and we shouldn't forget. It's hard to remember, but we should do better at or trying to remember at the very least. So we'll get into that a little later on in the show. I think it's a beautiful, amazing, awesome story. Right now, though, let's uh, let's get into the news, shall we? What's uh, hold on? What's going on with Michael Cohen? <laughs> it's a uh, 
It's a very interesting situation. If you're not following it, it's the whole Stormy Daniels thing. Stormy Daniels is seeking to void a confidentiality agreement that she signed in exchange for the hundred and thirty grand. Cohen says that he facilitated Still, the payment. That's my big question in this whole situation. That's my big question. One hundred and thirty thousand dollars seems a very strange number to arrive at. How? How was it 130 G's in hush money? And I got to assume, I got to assume they went, eh, any higher than you go off a tax bracket and you don't want that, do you? You know, like I, I that's, that's my best guess. But so go on. What, what's the deal with Cohen? What's, what's he doing? It's so weird. So he says he facilitated the payment out of his own money using a home equity line of credit. So that's what the civil case is. His attorneys argued last week for a pause in the case and the judge ordered him to file a declaration stating whether Cohen intended to assert his constitutional right against self uh, self incrimination. So they have filed the paperwork. He did tell a federal judge that he will invoke his Fifth Amendment right not to incriminate himself in the lawsuit. The judge now is trying to decide whether or not there's enough evidence that overlaps between the civil case and the criminal investigation to justify the pause. So he will invoke his Fifth Amendment right to uh, not incriminate himself. Yeah, you know, pleading the Fifth Amendment's a weird thing. It is. It is. Because it's basically going, I'm not going to say anything. Because if I say anything, I'm going to get in trouble. Because I got something that I shouldn't be saying. and Something I shouldn't be doing. And I, I, I did something I shouldn't do and I don't want to talk about it. Like, <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's looking at a guy and going, are you guilty or innocent? I'm innocent. Well, then answer my question. I am not going to answer your question. Why? Because yeah. I will incriminate myself. So what you're telling me is that you're guilty. No, I'm not. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. How do you do I'm that with a straight face? I'm, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing to do. It's, a, it's the equivalent of when you look at the dog whose mouth is covered in cheese, and you're like, did you eat the block of cheese? And the dog looks at you like, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not answering that question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like when your mom claims chocolate chips out of bed and there's a missing, <laughs> there's a missing packet of cookies. Like, do you know what happened to these cookies? No idea. Not Zip zing nada. You want to tell me about these chocolate chips I found in your bed? By the way, this is something that actually happened to me when I was a kid. My mom was really strict with sweets and chocolate and sugar and stuff like that. And once somehow, like she would home make chocolate chip cookies sometimes, but they would always have like, you know, they're healthy chocolate chip cookies or like grains and walnuts in them. And like, and somehow, somehow we wound up with like a pack of chips ahoy in the house, which is not something my mother ever would have tolerated. And I don't know how or why, but I decided that if I wasn't quick to, if I didn't strike first, my father would, because anytime there was any kind of junk food in the house, it was sort of like an all out race between my sister, me and my dad who would get it, you know, cause like my mom didn't allow any of that stuff. My mom was the original sort of like, Oh, carob is just like chocolate. No carob is nothing at all. Like chocolate carob is disgusting. Carob is what evil tastes like. I'm sure carob is a chocolate substitute brewed up by satan himself in the depths of hell to punish bad little boys like me carob's no good and like can i have candy can i have m&ms no here have some gorp what's gorp good old raisins and peanuts and here there's carob chips in it too no okay you can have some yogurt chips in it as well not oh god so like there being some chips ahoy in the house was a big deal to me and i knew my sister and my dad were gonna make a move on the, on the chips ahoy if i wasn't quick to the punch so i I took him to bed and I ate them all. I wouldn't feel bad. I can't believe that happened as a child. The last time I cheated on my diet, and it's been a while, but the last time I cheated on my diet was on the tugboat 
and I'm not. It was it was about a month ago, and I found chocolate on the. Uh, someone had brought like chocolate, but they were Andy's mints, and um, I found them, and uh, they were hidden, <laughs> and I found them, and and. Uh, Do you think? Wait, hold on. Were people hiding them from you to yeah. keep you accountable to your diet? Yeah, I mean they were trying to help me. They know, you know. So, <laughs> so my captain had hidden them, and um, <laughs> and so she came out and she looked at me and she's like. Did you find him? I'm like, did I find what? And she's like, you found him. And I'm like, what did I find? And I'm like, I have this, you know, innocent, guilty look on my face. And she's like, you got into the chocolate. And I'm like, I did not. I'm like, how dare you accuse me of something? I said, I've been good. And she goes, there's still chocolate on your mouth. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah. I I understand pleading the fifth because I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, Stormy Daniel, Daniels Hushmany is uh, Cohen's own version of Andy's mints or chocolate chips being swept out of his bed. <laughs> Delicious. So good. So good. Uh, well, that's interesting. Curious to see how that one plays out. Oh, well. Do you think, think someone like Cohen will wind up taking the fall? Home equity line. What the hell? So does Stormy... <laughs> I have no idea. This is how you can tell that I've led an upright and straightforward and non-criminal life. I got no idea if you have to pay taxes on hush money. If you have an affair with a guy and the guy wants to pay you hush money and he does it by way of a a home equity line of credit on his lawyer's home, do you have to pay taxes on that? Do you you owe Uncle Sam something? Uh, I assume she does. I assume it's, if nothing else, I assume it's standard income. Reportable standard income, if nothing else, if there's not... Couldn't couldn't it be a gift? It's still income, I believe. Uh, maybe maybe that's how we arrived at the weird $130,000 number. Like, that was the most he could get on his equity line of credit. That may very well be the case. Well, that's like I just saw some, I saw some story that uh, the uh, uh, a lady running for uh, governor of, I think, Georgia is negative uh, $200,000 in debt, and she's an attorney. <laughs> I'm thinking, you got to be kidding. The, I, apparently, the problems that attorneys have that we will never understand. That amazes me that you can get to be $200,000 in debt. I understand if you have a mortgage, you know, because then you could be $200,000 in debt. But it's like, it, it's amazing how making money allows you to get deeper into debt. It's an interesting one, really, when you think about it. Because no one would ever go, hey, Travis, AD, sure, here's $200,000 that you can just borrow. Like, no one would ever do that. No one would ever give... Chucklehead one and Chucklehead two over here, the opportunity to get into $200,000 worth of debt. So we're never going to know that pain. But here's the thing. I bet that the woman who's in $200,000 worth of debt that is running for some sort of elected office lives way nicer than we do. It's a weird world. It is. It is. Oh, well. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what else? Yeah, moving on. Jennifer Aniston has been seen wearing a wrist brace recently. Oh, and Brad Pitt has been wearing a permanent grin, but I doubt there's a connection. Oh I'm the innocent one here. I was thinking maybe she had gotten a part-time job as a cashier or something at a grocery store because <laughs> cashiers are always wearing those wrist braces. <laughs> uh, Not so yeah. much. Not so much. Go on. All right. Michelle Pfeiffer says she lived off cigarettes for her role in Scarface. No, oh, really? Britney Spears was a character in Scarface. Oh, man, it's totally Al Pacino's birthday, or I think it was yesterday. He's now 78. Hold on, let's take a listen to some of the work of uh, the great Scarface himself. Al Pacino. Don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. 
I know it was you, Fredo. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. You know something, people? You're going to be remembered the rest of your lives for the day you got held up and kidnapped. It's all a win. Rob a bank. I right? had a plan. I had a plan. Hello, Sonny. You're on the air. We're entertainment, right? What do you, what do you, what do you got for us? My name is Arthur Kirkland, and I am the defense counsel. If he's allowed to go free, then something really wrong is going on here. Do you, uh, do you have a favorite Al Pacino movie? Are you a fan? I am a fan. Um, you know what movie I loved, but and nobody else is going to think this is uh, their favorite Al Pacino movie. Uh, wasn't he in that movie Insomnia? Uh, where... Uh, the one where he's like a detective or something in Alaska and he's trying to solve some some murder or something he can't sleep because it's like daytime 24 hours I don't think day. I've ever even heard of that that's fat no I man I don't now now I want to watch it's good I take it I loved it um I I liked it a lot I don't yeah I just looked it up yeah Robin Williams is in it um yeah Christopher Nolan it's a Christopher Nolan movie Al Pacino Robin Williams uh Hilary Swank yeah it's called Insomnia I loved that movie it really makes me tired though because because he's struggling (laughs) to stay awake the whole movie but it's a great movie um I think um he was in a movie another one that nobody's ever gonna have heard of um called um The Insider where it's about a, a, a tobacco executive who is trying to sue tobacco, big tobacco, um, and he's in that movie, and that was a great movie as well. Uh, th- those two are some of my favorite movies, but it's they're not standard Al Pacino movies. I think my favorite's probably, I mean, Godfather, Godfather, Godfather 2 are obviously classics. I think my favorite's probably Serpico. Have you seen Serpico? No, no, I haven't. This is a true story of a cop in New York during the 1970s, I think. And it's a true story of a cop that stood up to police corruption because the police department in New York in the 70s was just legendarily crooked. And uh, he, he stood up to it and got his clock cleaned all sorts of times and really sort of like suffered for the strength of his moral fiber and Pacino's great in that really really great it's a good good one I totally recommend all the gold stars necessary hey are we running out of time do we gotta yeah, do we gotta get we, to the thing about the we thing we do need to get into it okay so like I said when the chips are down we'll do for each other a bunch of people deserve massive amounts of credit for this especially the cops for organizing the whole thing all eight lanes of a highway in Detroit were temporarily shut down uh, around 1 a.m. the other morning when a guy got up on an overpass and made like he was going to jump. So what happened was the Michigan State Police got on the horn to a bunch of truckers and had them all parked directly under the overpass. That way, if he jumped, he'd fall only about 10 feet and land on one of the trucks instead of hitting the ground. And there's a photo. It's chilling stuff of 13 semis parked next to each other across both sides of the highway. And there was only a foot or two of space between them. And once they were all parked there, the cops managed to talk the guy down. And in the end, no one got hurt. And like I said, it's just a reminder that when the chips are down, when the chips are down, you're going to do for the other person. You're going to do what's right. You're not going to check who they voted for. You're not going to think about the color of their skin. You're not going to think about what they do for a living. You're not going to think about whether or not they have more or less money than you and what they deserve and what they don't deserve in life. Ultimately, we are human beings and we do for each other. So why must it take a time of crisis or a moment of disaster to be averted 
to make us remember this. So let's all try and remember. When the chips are down, we're there for each other. So let's just go through life like the chips are down already. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.